What's up, guys? Welcome back to the AOT Chronicles and Attack on Titan podcast. I'm your host, Ronnie. And I'm Chad. And we are here to cover Season 1, Episode 23, Smile, Assault of Stohes, Part 1. Is that how you say that? Yes. All right. And on mine, it was Raid on Stohes. Smile, Raid, Similes. <laughs> same exact word. The exact same. Anyway, let's uh, let's get into this one. What do you say? What do you think about this episode? I'm here for it. Let me tell you, I am here for it. This was we're gonna get into the reveal, and we got a lot of side conversations to have outside of what just happens on this uh, episode on the screens. So yeah. We start the episode, and what we come to know is Annie having a dream, and it's real short, but basically it just looks like she's being trained before waking up in her room. Did you catch anything other than that? Well, she was kicking ass, I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) So like I said before, from the title, we are in the Stohes district of Walsina. A couple of guys are talking about this boy who is being escorted along with a scout regiment into the capital, also known as Aaron. Jaeger. (laughs) And one of these guys must have been at Aaron's trial because he mentions that surely Aaron will get dissected this time. Yeah, I mean, that's just really what people want out here in Walsina. They just can't wait for people to be dissected. Another wall priest or believer, whatever these guys are. Wall enthusiast. Yeah, that's that's certainly a way to say it. He's shouting about not defiling the walls any further and that while Mario, Rose, and Cena are goddesses. Hey, buddy. (laughs) It's a wall. Yeah, this guy's worshiping a wall. I mean, oh, man. And one guy who's like just kind of to the side watching this person lose his mind says something about how, you know, these guys are still around, which was kind of interesting because uh, a while ago in an episode they had mentioned that after one of the attacks, the wall cult is in wall kind of what I think it is more than a religion that. They gathered more people, but it makes me wonder if uh, the wall enthusiasts are less common inside of Walsina. Uh, yeah, I think so. And, dude, if I was in this Almost. world of Attack on Titan, I'll just go ahead and say this. I would be what Aaron is to Titans, how he wants to kill all Titans. That's how I would be with these wall enthusiasts, does, guys. Does Aaron want to kill all the Titans? Well, we kind of alluded. Well, are you he just, does. You know how I found out? Oh, how did you find out? We got us an email. Oh, Catherine, we're getting to you. Thanks for the email. All right. Uh, Yeah, it's just, I guess, the wall enthusiast, that's poor man thinking. So people inside wall scene, and there's not as many of those just uh, walking around. We go to the military police branch where we see Annie dressed and coming downstairs. And she gets just shit on by her fellow colleagues as... As if she's not even there, they tell her that she's been slacking and that she's antisocial. I mean, she looks yeah. when she woke up, she looked like she had a terrible night. Right. Something really had her sleeping on the wrong side of the bed, that's for sure. Yeah. One guy defends her, though, saying she's probably having a hard time because she's the only one here who's seen action. And, you know, we keep singing the same old song, but once again... It's just crazy that so many of these military police and none of them have seen the Titan. Yeah, they're all 
All these other people were from other districts. He even meant, he's like, listen, she just got back from Tross not long ago. You don't know what she's been through. I think this guy's got a little bit of a crush. I don't blame him. Oh, you in, you're into Annie, huh? I mean, she's got that nose that... Yeah, by God does she have that nose. She reminds me of, uh, I can't remember her name, the girl on <laughs> is it, Hunter Hunter. Is it just her, uh, is it her bright personality that draws you to her? Her personality and the way she kicks ass, Aaron's ass. There you go. S- sits on top of him in training. So all these uh, police members gather around and an officer who, in my opinion, looks extremely hungover. He walks out. He looks like he's got some bedhead going on. He tells them that their job is to escort the scout regiment through the streets once they reach Walsina. And he also mentions the ODMs are temporarily approved while completing this task. Okay. So uh, some guy, he's got a bowl cut. He asks what they're really protecting Marlo. them from. Yeah, his name is Marlo. We're going to go ahead and say his name. I, I don't think they've mentioned Have they mentioned it? Yeah, they mentioned it this episode. Okay. But uh, We'll just this, say it's Marlo. I mentioned it later on, but this first uh, this first time, I just he didn't deserve to be called his name. He deserved to be labeled by his haircut, which okay. is indeed a bowl cut. Okay. Well, do we? Do but thanks we for call thanks him? for stepping all over that. Well, do we want to call him bowl cut or Marlo? I'm down for either. Well, let's just see where the podcast takes us. Okay. Quit trying to put labels on everything. <laughs> this is exactly why all your girlfriends run away. Okay. Uh, so anyway, guy with a bowl cut asks what they are really protecting them from since he doesn't know of anyone defying the orders from the royal government that, you know, mostly they only get petty crime. And Officer Hungover Harry really doesn't like answering questions. So instead, he just gives the details straight to Mr. Bullcut and says the officers are too busy to deal with this anyway. Just don't screw yeah. up. Wow, you seem serious. Here you go, then. (laughs) (laughs) And as he proceeds to walk back into a room with other officers, it looks like they're all just boozing and playing some cards. It's like three in the afternoon. It's just typical of what we've heard of the military police just dicking around, not doing shit. Yeah, and that's exactly what this next scene is. You know, they cut to a courtyard where the same group is gathered. And uh, a mili- member of the military police, which we come to know, her name is Hitch. You know, she's just talking like you're saying the mul- or the military police is more corrupt than even she thought. But at the same time, she reveals that that's exactly why she joined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just being straight up. I love it. Interesting technique. She's just bummed because the rookies have to do all the work is how she feels. And, like, you had to just go out there and step all over it. Marlo. Mr. Bullcut, his name oh. is actually Marlo. He's disgusted and because he joined the police so he could make it a better organization. Lame. Loser. Gosh. He isn't trash like they are. Teacher's pet in class, I'm sure. And now, I mean... Yeah, this guy's the one that says, Hey, uh... You forgot to get us to turn in our homework. He's that guy. He's trying to be honorable, but at the same time wanted to be safe and honorable inside the walls. You gotta join the scouts if you're gonna, yeah, really make a difference. But listen, I respect. He's a good guy. Like, I respect. I'm, him. I'm gonna be honorable. I'm gonna join the Nazis. Yeah, his plan is just to climb to the top and fix the injustices, which I can't be too mad at. But 
And when he says this, all of it's met with laughter from just every other military police member out here until Annie speaks up, causing everyone to shut up because it doesn't seem like they're used to this. I guess she doesn't speak out too often. She says if a do-gooder like him was in charge, it would spell the end for all of them. What do you think she means by that? Maybe if there really was a do-gooder up at the top exposing corruptness and really shutting everything down that bad that's going on they wouldn't even need the military police i don't know exactly what she means by that yeah i'm just kind of alluding to that like or it might be that she you know like hitch she's all about the corruptness too and they've got it pretty sweet right now and if the do-gooders in charge they're gonna actually have to start doing work real work yeah yeah i don't know what annie's going for there uh but she tells marlo that she thinks he is an honest man and it's tough to go against the flow of things. So for that, she respects him. And while she's saying all this, she's uh, thinking about our good old buddy Aaron. Because that's a very similar way that you could talk about him. Just in the back of her mind. And then she goes on to say, I mean, this all seems like a compliment until she hits you with a, that type of person is a fool. This is like a Levi compliment here. <laughs> that is That is a Levi line for sure. As they begin marching out, you know, Marlo sees officers selling military police equipment to the black market. And what what do you think the black market consists of? Is so just people thieving? People thieving and I, mean, I think uh like uh well, not really a spoiler. I'm just going to we're going to go ahead and say it, the OVA how Levi and his buddies, they got a hold of the ODM gear, kind of thieves like them. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, the only really black market thing we have experienced with thus far is the people that were basically trying to sell Mikasa, basically slave trading or, you know, uh, Mikasa and her mom. And I guess those kind of guys would like the military police equipment. Yeah, I'm sure it goes for a high price on the black market. Uh, Marlo tries to stop them and threaten to tell on them. And that only ends up with the officer, almost in a way respecting him, trying to blackmail them. So he attempts to just pay him off. Just, you know. He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, all right, buddy, I see, I see what you're I going for there. You just want a little, uh, little change and go buy you a female. <laughs> <laughs> but that just makes Marlo even more mad. So he doubles down, which results in him receiving an absolute beatdown. He got errand. And uh, he's rescued, though, by Annie, who stops the person from hitting him. And then he's taken up for by Hitch, who kind of comes up and says, you know, sorry about him. You know, we, we've got it under control. You guys, you know, go take care of business. She kind of points to a crowd of people that kind of starts to gather to see what's going on. And, you know, the officers kind of just go on their way. They say, you know, don't let this happen again. And on they go. Marlo's still pretty heated, though. He attempts to grab his gun, and he's not even stopped, but Annie just says that if he intends to make the dishonest pay for their injustices, she's not opposed to helping him. And I don't know if it's what she said or if he had, you know, a second thought, but some way, somehow, it makes him think twice about grabbing the gun because he kind of stops. Mm-hmm. Did you have a feel there? Do you think it's because he's kind of cowardly about you know what he's going to get himself into if he tries to yeah. shoot one of them? Or I think he definitely started thinking about the future. Yeah, and her her just saying that kind of 
you know, made him rethink everything. And he's like, well, if I do this, what is actually going to happen to me? Yeah, it makes sense because he goes on to ask if the fools that she was mentioning earlier, like, would they have done it? And she says, maybe. Uh, what do you think? Aaron Aaron shooting these guys? or? Yeah, I think he is. Luce, I, I think the way it really goes is Aaron would shoot him, but you know if Aaron's there, Mikasa's five feet away and she's stopping him. Right. I think that's how that goes. So he's doing it, but he's being stopped by someone else. Because if there's one thing that Aaron has, it's a short temper. Doesn't <laughs> Does, take doesn't take long what? for that thing to get going. Aaron? And I'm not even sure he sees clearly when he does. He's just doing things. I will say that this little scene right here, I, it brought respect to me. This is when I was like, all right, I'm not going to call him bowl cut. I'm calling him Mark. Yeah, then I, I respect that. And that's why I've started using his name more, just uh, the bowl cut. You know, everyone has maybe attempted it at one point. For me, it was when I was four and my mom uh, decided what haircut I got. Love the pictures. Very cute pictures. I'll post uh, 77 of them on our website. Just go to the Podcast Chronicles at gmail.com that's the website yeah, it's a weird website. it's a weird name for a website but and that's yours was for when your mom was doing haircuts for mine was when i was 22 my mom was also whatever she decided is what haircut i got and i did have a bowl cut for and that's why you guys have such a great relationship yeah. to this day um it's weird personally let me just you know sidetrack here for a moment i think your relationship with your mother is beautiful um, it makes me a little uncomfortable that she sits in the corner and watches us do this podcast. It seems like she's had would have some other errands to run. I'm, I'm just glad that she has um, uh, earphones on. She can't. She doesn't know we're talking about her right now. Well, she has earphones on, but I can see her phone from here, and it looks like she's playing a podcast that we recorded earlier. Is that she doesn't really does she know do where? That? She, I'm gonna be honest, Ronnie. She doesn't know where she's at right now. Okay, how old is she? She's 52. All right. Uh, and I'm 39. All right, let's uh, keep going with this. Yeah, sorry if I've made that awkward for you. And then Annie goes on to say, being seen as a person is all she really wants. Uh, kind of a weird thing to say. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it's uh, almost like you're trying to tell us something. What Annie. were people seeing you as before? Because <sighs> you look like a person. I, I guess all will be revealed in time, wink, wink. Wink, wink. The convoy enters Stohess when Annie is secretly called by Armin in the alleyways. Wait, before this, though, I want to say this is one of my favorite lines by Annie. Oh, wow, lay it on me. I think she said it right after this. She goes, I just want the weak who do get swept up in the flow to be considered human, too. Hmm, beautiful. I think that's a good line because Annie almost seems like a stubborn bitch that just thinks of herself and then throwing something like that at us it's like what's going on here yeah i felt like i was trying to sprint to the finish line there i do want to you kind of said it but we do always hear about how you know i wouldn't even i don't know how much we heard about the military police being corrupt as much as it was just a place for lazy people to go because you know nothing's really happening in wall scene it's just kind of a cushy job but this did a really good job of showing this basically just this intro to the episode, how soft the job really is and how easy they've really got it. And then on top of that, we see the corruption. So 
I thought they just did a good job here near the end of season one, really laying that groundwork. Agreed. So anyway, the convoy enters Stohess when Annie is secretly called by Armin in the alleyways, and he does the whole, Psst, Annie, hey, Annie, come here. And so she, uh... It's like he just doesn't say it loud enough, and she just keeps she going. She just keeps walking, Annie, Annie! <laughs> and people keep looking like, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> and he's just like, sorry guys, I'll be back. Uh... And after he does that, we reach the calling card, which happens to do with the military police. We get some numbers and stuff. They have approximately 2,000 members total, but the garrison regiment is under MP's supervision, making the number of actual troops about 5,000 strong. Which, for as big as these walls are and the distance, that's not that many people. It's really not... They've got around 200 members that are stationed in each fortified city. And I'm assuming fortified city, you take that as the ones that they put on like the outsides of the walls to, you know, force titans there. Or... Like Shinganshina. And... Yeah, and oh, yeah, Trost. I believe Trost is one of those mm-hmm. as well, right? Uh, their duties include managing the cadet corps and monitoring the garrisons as well as commanding the fire brigades. I love the term fire brigades, by the way. I do, too. If there's one thing I could do in the world, it'd be command a fire brigade. And you're going to be commanding fixed cannons. And uh, that that's is... You know, that's exactly the fear I was getting ready to bring up. I say I want to command a fire brigade, and they're like, all right, first day of managing a fire brigade. Uh, come on up here. And they just take me, and they're like, so here's your cannon. And... You can't go back now. You've, <laughs> already, you've already committed. I'm not sure that's what it is. <laughs> So Armin gets her into the alley, and he asks her for help in allowing Aaron to escape from the capital. She initially refuses, which makes Armin pull out all the stops. Armin's not taking no for an answer. He says that they will kill Aaron for not doing anything but trying to help if he actually has to go to this trial or whatever. The, I don't know if this is a second trial or just like a, yeah. a hearing. I don't know, really know. It was basically like when Zach Zachary said he was like, "You get this one expedition. If you don't, if you come back empty-handed, he's probably gonna get handed somewhere else. Right? Or we're gonna dissect him and make everyone happy, <laughs> which is what everyone wants." Uh, Armin goes on to say that the people in the government are unknowingly leading straight for human extinction because they're just not taking all this shit seriously. Yeah, bunch of bozos. And whatever Armin says, I'm with. I mean, he goes on, he's getting extremely deep, because Annie asks if she looks like a good person. Now, this is the difference between me and Armin. I would have said, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Or, no, but you could be. Armin dives into this whole philosophy, because he thinks people only calling someone a good person when they are... They only call a person a good person when they want something from them... And he doesn't think there's anyone who is convenient to everyone. And being convenient to anyone is also convenient to everyone, which makes them a good person. Because if everyone is convenient for one person, that might make you a bad person. But good people can be convenient, making them a good person. It's like if someone, when you were 14, asked if if you like them, that's the type of answer I would come up with. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But in the end, if you can follow it, it's kind of tricky. 
he goes on to say that if she were to say no, that would make her a bad person in his eyes, which is so deep. Because if you really think about it, let me let's give it the old Chaz and Ronnie uh, buff and shine here. Okay. He's just saying, you know, if I ask you to go help me um, move, yeah, and you say yes, I'm like, oh, that that Chadley, what a good person. And if you just say no, going to dinner with my mom, I'm like, well, what a dick. Yeah. What am I supposed this to guy do now? Sucks. Uh, it's just that's human nature, and I think Armin painted that beautifully. And I guess it works on her, too, because she finally agrees, and she puts on a ring right before following him. She's like, oh, let me put on my helper ring. We've all got one of those. (laughs) And we cut to Annie, Mikasa, Aaron, and Armin, and they're just walking down the street, but no one seems to be around. And, you know, they're, they're beginning their journey to escape the capital. Aaron hopes that they won't realize John has taken his place. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he uh, he thinks it's unlikely because they look so different. To which Armin has a great burn because he points out the fact that they have the same sort of mean, nasty look to them. I love that. I love Armin saying that. He's not wrong. So you both look like criminals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to someone personally who has uh, been told he's got a serious case of resting bitch face, I feel for my boys. You know. So well, that's because you do, though. You've... Yeah, you definitely I know. do. I've been told. Well, it's not resting. It's just always... Just, it's just bitch face? Yeah, just bitch face. I just feel like, you know, I've got a resting bitch face, but if you get to know me, I'll, I'll really warm your heart. No, not really, but... What, yeah, you see just, is, what you see is what you get, huh? Yeah. Okay. Fuck you, To too. be honest, if we didn't have this podcast, I probably would never talk to you, Ronnie. But anyways, let's keep talking. Let's keep going. Okay. Uh, All right, let's get back to the plot. And he doesn't understand why they couldn't have escaped. Wait. Did we mention what Aaron said about Jean? This is super important. About his horse face? He has a horse face. Well, I was just trying to take the high road because I was saying, talking about my bitch face, and I was just going to completely ignore the fact about your stupid horse face. Oh my. What? Me? Yeah. You think I look like Jean? Yeah. Horse face. You don't mean that. God, I can't Annie doesn't understand over. why they couldn't have escaped before reaching Stohess. Yes, I'm sorry. Your son has a horse face. Mom, shut up. We're doing a podcast. Put your earphones on. Annie doesn't understand why they couldn't have escaped before reaching Stohess. Armin claims that it's because this layout made for an easier escape. Plus, due to the whole Jean ruse, it would give them more time to get further away because, you know, they saw the first they had to figure out that Jean wasn't Aaron and then they had to go look for him, so that makes sense. Soon they reach an underground tunnel that was supposedly supposed to be for an underground city they were going to make but never did. So I don't know if this means that there was a second underground. We've heard about the first underground city. I don't know if this was just going to be a tunnel that led to the same yeah. one, or if it was I'm going sure to be the second one. Yeah, something like that. I mean, there's a bunch of those even around here in uh, Jamaica where we live. They really don't say, um, but we're just so detailed that we tried to figure it out for you guys. We'll let you know if we come up with anything later on. Maybe hey. after a 23rd watch, we can get there. I know, I've only watched this one 17 times. But hey, if you do know what that's all about, shoot us an email. 
thepodcastchronicles at gmail.com. So uh, they get here, and Annie refuses to enter. You know, she's claiming that she's afraid of the dark in cramped spaces, which coincidentally happens to be some of your favorite kind of spaces. Is that not right, Chaz? Yeah, actually, uh, I sleep inside of a coffin at night. I've always thought that was weird about you. Yeah, well, if, if I wake up dead, I want to just be my family. I want to make it easy on them. I'm okay. already in the coffin. They don't have to do anything to me. Can I ask you why um, you're the first man to act like he's going to be buried in a coffin in 537 years? I think most people go with caskets nowadays. Well, coffins. It's, you just got like a nice yeah. handmade wooden coffin. It's a coffin, and I would like it to be mummy-styled. Wrap me up in toilet paper or something. I feel like that's more uh, aesthetic. But <sighs> all right, let's dig d- deep into this. So you're telling me you go to sleep in a coffin because you want, if you die in your sleep, to already be in the coffin. But yet you want to be rolled mummy style. So if I find you, you're dead. Yep. You're already in the coffin, but now I got to pull you out to wrap you like a mummy and then put you back in the coffin. Yeah, put me back in it. That's well, it. I think I got to give you a big fuck you for that one, Chad. Well. I'll be dead, so it won't matter. So she's not going down there. Aaron loses his mind, starts to yell for her to get her ass down there, but Annie starts to get curious. You know, she just she, wants a piece of that ass. She states that there are no civilians around, and we pan out and we see scouts hiding on roofs and in alleyways. Looks like some sort of a uh, trap. It's a trap. This is when you know if you hadn't been picking up on something before, you might brain might start be turning a little bit. She notices that Armin was behaving strangely and asks why she had Marco's ODM gear. Ooh. Ooh. Armin. He asked man. if it was her who killed the caption t- captured Titans, which names were Sonny and Bean. She answers by not really answering, but at the same time totally answering. That makes sense, right? Yes, it You totally. know exactly what I mean when I say that? Yeah. I thought you might. You know, she asked why Armin did not stop her then, and Armin replies that it's because he didn't want to believe it. Nice guy. But he also wonders why she did not kill him during the last expedition, saying that letting him live back then is what led to her current situation. To which she says, you know, that's a really good point. And she kept thinking, you know, why did I let him live? Why did I let him live? She can't seem to come up with an answer, which, you know, I think says something about Annie. But Aaron begs Annie to prove them wrong by just following them. At this point, they're desperate. You know, they don't want to believe what's happening is happening. They're just saying, you know, we've got the entire evidence book pointing right at you. But if you just walk down here, we'll let bygones be bygones and we'll just be cool. Armin's already said, "Why didn't you kill me on the expedition?" But just come on down. She's like, "I don't, I don't know. I, I remember where we were at. I saw that tree. I was totally there." But they're still just like, "Okay, but just come down here, and everything's cool." <laughs> uh, at this point, Mikasa is totally bored by these boys bitching and you know crying, so she takes out her swords and says she's ready to carve her up again, the female titan. Just a badass line. Annie, knowing her identity is exposed, laughs sadistically because that's what bad people do who get figured out. Yep, light yagami. She tells Armin that he won his bet on believing that she was a good person, but states that her bet has just begun as she tries to bite her finger. 
Armin shoots a signal, or signal flare, that is, and the hidden scouts jump out and rush to her, trying to prevent her from transforming, which they must have done. I don't know how, I don't know if Annie did went for a slow motion bite, because her finger was right there, and these guys got on her quick. I would get on her quick, too. Anime timing. Whoa, Chad! I just mean, I would rush over there Your and stop mom her. is right there. She's got her headphones back in. If she doesn't fucking leave this room, I swear to God. Oh, you guys have such a weird relationship. They tackle her limbs from different directions and gag her to prevent her from biting herself. You got anything there for me? No, I think you're doing great. <laughs> All right. But alas, she succeeds in transforming into a titan using a little blade slash dagger thing she's got hidden on her ring. Uh, and that She just, pulled a pro gamer move. You could say that for sure. Confirming her true identity and presumably killing the poor men that were restraining oh, her dude, due to just yeah. a lightning slash explosion that takes place when titans transform. Yeah, that sucks. They were on top of her. Thankfully, Mikasa was fast enough to see what was going on and dragged Aaron and Armin underground in order to protect them from the blast. End of episode. Yeah, that's... That whole last scene was just very well done. Well, let's get into this. All right, take me through your thoughts. The, from the very... We couldn't talk about it because we're no spoiler cast. From the first time you saw the female Titan, Armin says there's a person in there. Did you... Just take me through the process of when you either guessed that this was Annie or you who you thought it was going to be instead of Annie. What were you thinking? At first I was thinking, I'll be honest with you, the first time I watched the first season, I thought Erwin was a sketchy guy. I knew, I mean, I knew a lot of people trust him and stuff. I thought he was almost in on it, the okay. way he was being mysterious. Yeah. So I didn't know, you know, exactly who it was. I feel like the first time I really confirmed that it was probably Annie was the start of this episode when it begins with Annie. Okay. Waking up and she can tell she's had a terrible night. So that the beginning of this episode? Yep. I knew I knew then it it was like, oh, she might be it. The fact that they're showing her right now. So uh mine answer is kind of funny. First, I will say I thought I guess my two lead suspects when the female Titan first arrived, was Krista because she finally got, like, the first bit of screen time, like, the ep- that episode or the episode before. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably, or you know about this, but I've always been hugely skeptical of Armin's parents' situation. Yeah. Just, they always bring up the fact that they just left and never came back and didn't really say what they were trying to go do and things like that. And I just noticed, you know, the Titans got kind of an Armin hairdo. Yep. Let Armin live. Um, and, and then, then I, But then when you really look at it, it's like she looks just like Annie. Yeah, she's got the nose for sure. Yeah. And so with that being said, I also threw out, because, you know, you watched this before me, you kind of asked, and I said, or Annie. And then, honestly, it kind of went to the back of my mind that the episodes went on so long, I kind of stopped worrying about who mm-hmm. was inside of it. And I think I had a little gap in between my viewing after that uh, last episode, it was a little slow, so I probably didn't keep watching. And so when this episode started with Annie, I, I didn't really put two and two together. So unfortunately, Yay. I didn't even really put together she was the female Titan until you know right at the beginning of the scene when she starts acting weird. And I guess as soon as you cut, 
and all those people are on the roofs. That's when it really hit, and I was like, holy yeah. shit, what a great reveal. And then, I mean, the ring, that's awesome. That was Yeah, that's just genius by her. She knew something might be going on. Armin had this all set up. I mean, it's Arm. Let's just go back to Armin, dude. Armin is just a genius, man. He's just figuring it all out. I would love for everyone to, you know, email us the podcast chronicles at gmail.com. Let us know when you figured it out, what the moment was that you figured it out. Uh, speaking of emails, like I said, I'm a man of my word. We keep it real. We had to get to uh, Catherine, who sent in some feedback. Once again, she just sent a really nice message. She liked to call us out for not knowing that. Our alert was Armin's last name. Um, Ronnie's fault. Well, yeah. I, isn't it amazing how uh, Chad just went along with it and didn't correct me, even though I clearly thought it was some nickname made up, but yet he's saying, oh, I totally knew it was Arlert all along. I want to make you feel bad. That's so Chaz. And then um, she, thank goodness she did this, dude. She brought up the fact that Aaron, because she could tell we were confused. That's why I respect that she brought it up so much. She pointed out the fact that Aaron does indeed want to kill all the Titans. Dude. What makes, now that you know that for sure, how do you feel? It just completely changes my whole mindset on the show, now that I know that. It's almost a spoiler. I know. Catherine, we're watching you. (laughs) Be careful with that. Uh, but no, thanks again. Like I said, very nice email. She brought up the fact that she wants to see more anime reviews. Can't even talk near the end of this thing. Couldn't talk in the middle of it. Couldn't talk in the beginning of it. Um, Mom, he's trying to stop moving your hands like that. Dude, you gotta stop bringing her over here. And we, like we said before, we'd love to do that eventually. You know, right now we're focusing on Attack on Titan, but too early is never too early to start sending some uh, yep. suggestions anime, on what you guys want to hear. We're down for anything. Yeah. If there's anything uh, we like to call ourselves, it's a couple of well-rounded guys who just like all forms of entertainment. Well-rounded, yeah. I'm about 350 pounds, so that's what they call me. Fuck four foot nine. Fuck four foot nine? <laughs> is, that what, is that what you said there? Anyway, once again, thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back two more episodes the penultimate I can't say it the penultimate episode of season one 24 and 25 coming right up I've been Ronnie and I've been Chast peace peace